New Country 93. Well, I'm Goose Renee. It is the Goose Renee More Stuff podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, let's get into uh, something we love to do, a little segment called You Do What? This is where we talk to people with uh, really cool, interesting, different jobs, not necessarily just sitting behind a, a, a computer all day in the cubicle. Keyboard Nothing against warrior. those jobs. No. Nothing against those jobs. But uh, if, if you're looking for something a little more interesting, uh, I, I'm so happy that I made a phone call and uh, got in touch with the Detroit Zoo because, I mean... Anyone who's anyone knows about the Detroit Zoo. Yeah. You're from here. I still, to the to this day, probably I would rate as one of the top five greatest marketing runs of all time is five minutes, just five minutes. My lines, my lines. I can't remember my lines. <laughs> I mean, how can you not? Uh, and we have Jessica here. Jessica is from the Detroit Zoo. You are actually the bird zookeeper. I didn't say that right. Bird zookeeper. Is that... Technically, what it is? Bird department zookeeper. Bird department zookeeper. So, um, how many birds are you overlooking? Oh, there are a lot. I work in multiple sections. We have 78 flamingos alone, close to 80 penguins alone. Oh. So, I work with hundreds of birds. Oh, I'm so happy you said that because you can answer this question. Um, in one of our elevators, they've got like these mini TV screens and they put like these little fun facts up on the TVs that we get to read like on our little eight-story ride. Mm -hmm. And one of the fun facts that's been popping up recently is that flamingos are social and will hang out with other flamingos that are like their personalities. Yeah, they're actually doing a lot of research on flamingos right now and studying these little cliques that they seem to form within the flock. So they'll hang out in a large group and then within that large group, there's smaller uh, little groups. Really? Yeah. Are there like cool. mean girl flamingos that are like, I'm not talking to you? Actually, it's funny. At the zoo, we have a group of greater flamingos that we kind of nicknamed the frat boys uh, because they're <laughs> a bunch of males and they kind of get in this group and squabble and kind of defend certain areas. <laughs> so, yeah. And is it true they're pink because of the shrimp they eat? Yep. They get their pink color from their food, um, from the beta carotenoids in the krill. So, okay, yeah, yeah. so when they hatch out, they're little gray fluff balls. And then <laughs> within about a year, year and a half, they're getting that pink color. Okay. That's so cool. Um, well, I'm also glad you're here because this just hit me. I forgot about yesterday's show. I Maybe you can help me with an issue my 83-year-old mother is having because mm -hmm. she lives out in West Bloomfield. And we were talking about this yesterday. Um, uh, now at 7 a.m. every morning, there is a very angry, aggressive uh, robin that attacks her back bay window and she did a little research and found out they're very territorial and aggressive. Yes. And I'm, we're assuming he sees his reflection. So he's mm. just attacking the other bird. Yeah. And someone said balloons. If you balloons. put helium-filled balloons up, like, it'll keep them away. And then, Renee, you said, like, a, a pinwheel. pinwheel. Okay. I'm trying to figure out how to keep the bird away, basically. Yeah, Save him from himself. Yeah, <laughs> something with motion might be helpful. Um I've also heard of using just like a soapy substrate to kind of make it, you know, less... To cloud up the window. To cloud up the window oh. so you can see less of its reflection. Okay. Um, those sorts of things. You could also maybe try the collision stickers that act, you know, they, they help prevent birds from colliding with glass. Oh. I don't know if that would in any way deter it or help it not see its reflection. I didn't know collision stickers were a thing. I didn't they either. Are. Okay. Yeah. All right. What has, um, how long have you been at the zoo? 
almost five years. Okay, what what has what have you seen? Are you are you with the with the penguins too? I mean, of course, you talk about the Detroit Zoo. You talk about the penguins because mm-hmm. uh, if not the greatest, one of probably the most world class penguin habitats anywhere. I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so, what what have you seen change over the years? That uh, you know, because the Detroit Zoo has grown, mm-hmm. and uh, what's been going on there lately? Um. Well, the penguin habitat is one of the uh, newer facilities that we do have in the bird department and we did go through some renovations after the building first opened so we actually had the old penguinarium still running the filtration and everything okay we were able to move the birds back over while the uh while the newer building was having these things fixed um and we monitored the birds really closely during that time and then i think it took about two years for these fixes to take place, moved them back in, and they've been doing fine with that change. Um, and it's it's a wonderful building. I think it just had these quirks that needed to be worked out after right. first opening. Um, and if you go visit it, I mean, you can really see how inside it's it's pretty much exact uh, – a replica of what their their wild habitat would look like. So we have snow machines with snow falling from the ceiling. Oh, cool. oh have, I didn't know that. Yeah, we have sprayers that are spraying water. We have a wave machine that keeps the water moving. Um, I want to hang out of, in there. It sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, lots of uh, different areas and crevices for the penguins to nest on. Do they have Do they have one of those like pay to feed the penguin things? We do. We do what's called a uh, mingle. Okay. Macaroni mingle, penguin mingle. Um, and so we have these uh, little rooms that are attached to the back of the habitat. And we open the doors, and then it's accessible for penguins to come in as they so choose and right. mingle with the guests, and you can feed them what? and hang out with them. I only ask because I remember one of one of my uh, you know favorite radio highlights is there's a pretty great aquarium in Denver when I worked there, mm-hmm. and they do like a scuba diving thing. So you got to scuba dive in the giant tank with the sea turtles and the sharks. Wow. So I went scuba, scuba diving. So I know a lot of zoos sometimes do kind of like interactive programs mm-hmm. that are always, you know, unique and interesting and fun. So How many how many penguins did you say that we um, have? Um somewhere right around 80. Wow. Yes. Are they all named? Most of them are named. We have five different species. Uh so we have the macaroni, rockhopper, gen 2 king and our most recent addition is the chinstrap penguin. Um and yeah, they they all have a band that identifies them with different colors. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When did, I mean, obviously the, the penguin habitat has been a thing at the Detroit Zoo for a long time. Mm-hmm. Was there like, or maybe you don't know, was there ever like a conscious decision that's like, okay, because that's probably, I'd assume, the biggest draw at the Detroit Zoo would be the penguin habitat, right? I think so. Okay, yeah. what, what most people know it for. Like, yeah. was, there, was there a concerted effort to say, look, we're going to concentrate on penguins? I think so. Yeah, I I think that um, there probably was some some thought and some focus that went into it, and yeah. and um, it's right at the front of the zoo when you go in. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very iconic species, so I think that. Um, I, I mean, I, I think it's great that they decided to just kind of hone in. Like, yeah. this, this is going to be our specialty. And there were a lot of people involved in the planning of the building, scientists and people who have worked in uh, these natural habitats who could help us replicate it inside for the penguins. Um, I would have to assume that uh, assume that other zoos might contact the Detroit Zoo 
mm-hmm. if they're dealing with penguins or have a penguin problem of some sort. Yeah, You guys absolutely. being kind of one of the, the experts in the country, yeah. I would have to assume. Lots of networking, lots of tours of the buildings, um, and yeah. The way that you work with these penguins so closely, do, do you get to know their, their personalities? I mean, I have to imagine, like I know my dog's personalities. Do, do you find that these, these penguins and even the flamingos, do they have personalities and quirks? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Penguins are extremely charismatic, and I think that's really? another thing that draws people to them. But just as you were saying, the flamingos, the spoonbills, the storks, I mean, every individual animal that I work with has its own personality. And there really are the ones that are like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm more um, social or right. maybe I'm not social. And it's just really fun learning them and their quirks. Um, I, I, I've been to Renee's house a few times where we're, you know, friends off the air and I, and I see how she talks to her dogs. Do you do the same thing with the birds? <laughs> we do sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it comes out. And, um, yeah, I, I talk to the birds all day. What are some of their names? Um, let's see. Which species? Penguins? Or? Either. Any of them. I just okay. love hearing animal names. You just want to names. hear animal names? Yeah. Animal names. Please okay. say they're like Fred and okay. Caroline I'll say, I'll and Jeff. I want Jeff. a penguin to be named we, Jeff. We do have some, yeah, some regular like human name right. animals. I'll go with spoonbills. Um, we have a spoonbill named Elmer because when he was in an egg, there was a crack in his shell. So we had to use some Elmer glue to fix it. <laughs> That's um, so funny. That's yeah. Good. And and he's, he's a spunky little guy. He's got a good personality too. Um, and then we all, oops, excuse me. We also have, um, uh, let's see, we have Dot. Dot? Dot, Dot is okay. another spoonbill. And ironically, she's a little older and she has like a small patch of feathers missing on her head in a dot form. Huh. So that just is ironic. But yeah, that's okay. Dot. Um, who else do we have? We have a parrot named Max. We have yeah. um, Minnie the Penguin. Minnie the Penguin? Mm-hmm. As in Minnie Mouse or just small? She's small, but her band colors are Minnie Mouse colors. Oh, there you go. Cute. Okay. All right. How uh, old do they typically live, penguins? Penguins? Um, Probably average 30 to 40 years. Wow. Yeah. I didn't think no it was idea. that long. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. We have a, uh, well, Dot the Spoon, but I know for sure I work with her more, is uh, 38. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's incredible. Okay. All right. Um, Well, you know, the other reason that uh, we wanted Junior, obviously, to talk about the zoo, but uh, let's say someone really loves animals. Mm -hmm. They're looking at maybe getting into zookeeping or some sort of veterinary work. What was your uh, progression into this job? I mean, you went to school for this, I'm assuming. I did. I studied biology, um, and I knew that I liked science, but it was kind of broad for me. What really motivated me to get in the field was being in a job that I disliked and right. wasn't passionate about. So sure. um, kind of let that fuel me. And I sat down and realized, hey, I like animals. Maybe I can find a, a position that uh, gets me closer to working with them. Um, so I applied for an internship and worked that for a while. And then that transitioned into a full-time position. Um And yeah, for anybody interested in this career path, I would just suggest even starting at job shadowing and checking out the environment and seeing if it's suitable for you. I mean, zookeeping is a lot of hard work as well. Believe it. Definitely not just hanging out with the animals. So 
just seeing how it works for you and go from there, do an internship, and then uh, start applying for a full-time position. I I, th- I think when I was there the, the, the this past fall, um, I saw some signs around. Doesn't the Detroit Zoo have some, like, programs for younger kids and such to kind of see a little bit behind the scenes or learn a bit? It was like, I think they had, like, a summer program or something, almost like classes you could take. Yeah, we do what's called Zoo Tots uh, for different aged kids. Kids, and then I think there are also some other programs outside of Zoo Tots. Okay, but potential for kids to start really young and just you know see see how far they want to really take get it. their foot in the door. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, Jessica, thank you so much for coming in. I also want to bring in uh, your coworker, uh, Sarah. Sarah, now you are you do the some some marketing and PR for the zoo. Yes, I'm the communications manager. At the okay, zoo. perfect. So uh, of course, you know, again, I said it. Everyone knows about the Detroit Zoo, but it has grown. It has exploded. There's new things to see. The weather's going to start getting warmer. Um, are there some things planned for the summer you could tell us about coming up? Oh, yeah. Well, spring and summer are a great time to come visit anyways. Um, we have attractions like our carousel, our 40 theater are open that are really fun. And we just come alive with all our guests. There's so many animals out to see. Um, we have exciting events. We have Brick Life coming, um, and that's going to be on a little trail in the zoo, three-acre trail um, made of toys huge toy brick sculptures so there'll be um a giraffe made of toy bricks gorillas there's more than 70 sculptures to see and that launches um may 27th okay and it goes through september 4th and that's open daily when with the zoo okay um we also just launched our 21 and up events so um wasn't there did i see like a, a beer walk or something last year yeah so may 19th is our zoo brew event um and we bring in Tons of local craft brewers, and right. um, with your admission ticket, you get a set amount of drink tickets, and you get to explore the zoo with your walk around with beer, a beer in your hands. All these awesome um, local brewers here, and we have four of those events throughout the year. Um, there's Zoo Brew May nineteenth, um, Summer Sips in July. We have a Halloween themed one called Spooky Spirits in October, and then a um, Holiday-themed one called Polar Beers in December. Okay. All right. And uh, if people want to get more information uh, about the events or the zoo, I'm assuming there's a calendar up on the website and all that kind of stuff. What's the website? Um, DetroitZoo.org. Okay. And I was was talking to her off the air. You can even get have your wedding at the zoo. Yes, you can. That Um, is so cool. Yeah. The weddings there are beautiful. There's a ton of great um, locations, and it's not just weddings. You can have corporate events, family reunions, whatever event you want. Um, We have an email address on our website that you can go to for inquiries about stuff like that. If there's a wedding at the zoo, I mean, you have to have one or two penguins walking down the aisle in their tuxedos. They're already in their tuxedos. In their tuxedos. Standing there with you. I mean, come on. Uh, Great. And uh, is the zoo 365? Um, 362, technically. We're closed on... Thanksgiving and Christmas, but it's open year-round. It is open year-round, yeah. right, absolutely. Okay, uh, yes. Uh, if you haven't been to the Detroit Zoo in a while, um, you have to go. Yeah. I mean, there is so much that uh, has has changed, and again, uh, I wasn't there for 20-some years seeing it in my childhood. I, I'll tell you what, going back and seeing the the Lion Fountain for the first time in mm-hmm. I can't tell you how long, it just brings back so many memories. So I'm uh, do a visit. Let's go after work one day. We can absolutely yeah. do that. We can absolutely do that. Uh, Sarah, Jessica, thank you so much for coming down. Uh, the Detroit Zoo, again, you got to go check it out. You got to go see all the things that have changed, uh, including this new 
world-renowned peng- uh, penguin habitat, mm-hmm. uh, which is just so, so cool. Thank you so much for coming down. Thank you. Really appreciate it. All right, that wraps it up for another edition of the Goose and Renee More Stuff podcast. Uh, we've got brand new episodes every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so make sure you check it out, newcountry931.com, or, of course, where you get all your podcasts. Goose Renee, New Country 93.1. Ciao.